0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Bear Necessities Podcast. In this episode we will be joined by Chris Malpey of the Bear Down Podcast and founder of Bear Down Media. Go ahead check out their podcast and Chris is going to be joining us breaking down the top seven teams in the NFC just kind of taking a look at where the Bears rank and their competition. Before that Reese and I will also be reviewing some of the recent Bears media sessions looking at some comments made by Mitchell Trubisky and John DeFilippo. But before we get in the show, we want to remind you guys to please subscribe to the podcast so you get the quickest updates on when the podcast has been uploaded. And go ahead and check out our YouTube channel. We have linked it in the description of this podcast. We are really looking to start building on that platform and soon we're going to be offering a ton of exclusive content solely to the YouTube channel. So make sure to subscribe to that. Also, if you like the podcast, go ahead and leave us a rating and review in the bottom of Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you like, what you think we can improve on. It really helps out the show's rating, so we would appreciate if you do that. Thank you guys so much once again for joining in to the Bear Necessities podcast, and we appreciate your continued listenership to the podcast. So now sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Bear Necessities podcast. Reese, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Yeah, just uh, been a busy week and I've uh, been getting some things done. But, you know, I'm excited to come back on here and talk what's been going on with the Bears this week.
0: Yeah, we apologize for not having the best consistency with our episodes recently. I know I've been traveling. I've made it a little bit more difficult. I'm taking online classes in the summer. Uh, Reese, I know that you've been traveling a lot to see your girlfriend, um, but we're going to try to establish a more consistent upload schedule um, with some specific days coming up. Uh, so look for that to be coming really soon. Um, but today we we have a very special episode later in the podcast. We'll be joined by Chris Maltby of the Bear Down podcast. But for right now... Um, It's just me and Reese. And later in the podcast, we're going to be going over the top seven teams in the NFC. Um, But for now, we're going to be going over some Bears media comments that have uh, we've been lucky to be blessed with this week you know finally some actual Bears news and we can just take what the Bears give us and we don't have to be so damn creative all the time (laughs) with our with our episodes Um, so the first one being Mitch Trubisky saying that he is pissed off in a good way and that he's more motivated than ever Reese do you put any stock into this do you think that Trubisky is going to have this big breakout year like some people are thinking he might be after these comments
1: you know I don't want to buy too much into it um I feel like you know I feel like Mitch is pretty well media trained and that he usually <laughs> he usually says the right thing right um mm-hmm. you know I, I think that I'm sure he, he has to be I, if he wasn't any more motivated then there's definitely no chance that he <laughs> improves at all you know uh, I yeah. would definitely hope that he has some more motivation you know Nick Foles was right there to take his starting job so you know I'd really hope that you know Mitch is ready to uh to take on that challenge. But, you know, in the same right, you know, I think that um, I, I think that he is just kind of playing a little bit of the, of the game here and kind of going along with what people, you know, want him to want to hear him say, you know, if the, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, the Bears, I'm sure they, you know, prep him before the press. are like, listen, you're probably gonna have to be answering questions about this. He's probably had a long time uh, to actually, you know, think about what he's gonna say. So I'm happy that he is taking this positively and not kind of, you know, taking it out on Nick Foles or being mad at Matt Nagy. He even said that he didn't view that his play last year validated a, uh, p- them picking up his fifth year option. Um, I respect that a lot from Mitch. I think Mitch is a good guy. Um, I think he's done a you know a good job when it comes to being a media personality for us. And you know, I really do hope that he improves. I'm rooting for him. But all in all, I'm still pretty lukewarm on this Mitchell Trubisky uh, resurgence year. Uh, I don't think that it's really going to happen. But I'm happy he has the mindset. Uh, to be doing it I think it's also um, good to note that he has been working out with a lot of the Bears players and it seems like a lot of the Bears players are actually voicing their support for him um, in the quarterback race uh, between him and Nick Foles so I'm happy about that and I also saw he was working with a really high level trainer I cannot remember his name for the life of me right now um, but I'm excited for that I'm excited that Mitch Trubisky is isn't being a little crybaby about this like some quarterbacks might be.
1: I will say this. I mean, more than ever at this point, I think that it's pretty likely that Trubisky is going to end up being the day one starter. I feel like mm-hmm. he's kind of going to have to lose the job, um, you know, unless, you know, Nick Foles really uh, comes mm-hmm. and outshines him in whatever the training camp preseason looks like. You know, we're yet to really know what exactly that's going to be. But I, I think it's becoming more and more likely that they're going to give Trubisky the shot. At least that's what Pace has been telling us. I know that Pace has con- contradicted himself with from his words and what his actions are before, but it's seeming like the narrative is really going to be that Trubisky is going to have his shot and it's his job to lose. But you know, with that all being said, I don't necessarily know if he's going to perform any better. Um, you know, Right now, nothing's jumping off to me that he's really going to make a huge step up. And I mm-hmm. thought, I kind of went through my head, I said, well, at least he's got all this time to pour over film. But I think in the past that Trubisky has been someone who's kind of poured over all the film, but just doesn't really seem to make a difference. You know, he kind of seems like he's almost, he's trying to do all the right things, but they're just kind of not working for him in a way, which, Mm -hmm. you know, is frustrating. And I think it's probably a large part of his frustration with, you know, how he performs. But, you know, it's just a sad reality that sometimes the amount of effort that you put in doesn't necessarily equal great performance.
0: Yeah, and quarterback play is, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of like some people got it, some people don't. I know someone who was highly touted for their preparation was ex-Bears quarterback Mike Glennon, who uh, prepared all damn day long and also threw (laughs) an interception on his first damn pass when he was with the Bears. Um, So, you know, preparation is obviously good, but you also still have to have a certain level of consistency with that and ability to take that off the field preparation and turn it into on field performance which we have not yet seen with Mitchell Trubisky I hope he can do it but I have to see it before I believe that he's this this new quarterback you know I just I have to see it to believe it and I feel like it's one of those things as you know Bears fan you hear and you're like oh my god I I really hope that he can do it he might be able to do it he might be able to do it and then you know when the season comes around, you're slammed with the reality that he still sucks. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I hope it isn't that. Uh, but another hot take coming out of the Bears uh, locker room is John DeFilippo, you know, the new Bears offensive – or sorry, not offensive coordinator, new Bears quarterback coach came out and said that they have the best quarterback room in the entire NFL and that they're cocky about it. Reese, do you think that this is an accurate statement?
1: I mean – I'm pretty sure most people can guess what I'm going to say is going to be no. Uh, This is an accurate (laughs) statement. Um, You know, I appreciate the confidence and, you know, I I think that, you know, kind of this confidence, I think a lot of NFL players in the past have touched on it, right? Like Richard Sherman says, you kind of have to like say that you're the best. If you don't believe that you're the best, then why are you playing? Uh, Mm -hmm. So I, I do kind of expect that level of, you know, air of arrogance, you know, in a way or that air of superiority. Um, you know, in a way, I think he's kind of trying to hype up his guys a little bit. You know, at, in a way, he should. That's his job: is to get them, you know, feeling good about themselves, and hopefully, you know, look good, feel good, play good. You know, hopefully, it follows that kind of motto. I, I think we could list off quite a number of teams that have a better QB room. I think that the Bears have a strong. If Nick Foles ends up starting out as a backup, they have a very strong number too. You know, but mm-hmm. I would even say, you know and a team that jumps out at me right away the Cowboys you know even having Andy Dalton in the back there not not the biggest Dak Prescott fan but I think Andy Dalton is pretty great and really any of these teams that have a solidified you know franchise quarterback I, I think that already puts them above because how can you really get any better than that you know
0: yeah 100% and I think that you kind of hit on it the Bears are going to have a really, really good number two quarterback position. Whoever takes that role, if it's Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles, you have a really good QB two. But we still don't have a QB one. And that, that, that automatically disqualifies you from saying you have the best quarterback room in the NFL. Unfortunately... Uh, I think that maybe one of the best quarterback rooms in the NFL is actually the Green Bay Packers where they have Aaron Rodgers and then, you know, a high upside guy uh, with Jordan Love, who, again, we, we question the fit. But that's that's too pretty, you know, that's a that's a decent QB one. That's a really good QB one. And, it, you know, a decent high, you know, high ceiling QB two. Uh, so I'm happy that they have the confidence. Uh, I'm happy that John I've actually been really impressed with John DeFilippo so far as the Bears quarterback coach. I know he told Mitchell Trubisky to just take a break before he even started trying to improve anything because he could tell that mentally he didn't, he was kind of overwhelmed. Um, so I'm happy that he has that realistic view in that manner and when it comes to evaluating performance and that, you know, he's already went through Mitch. With Mitch, he said a lot of what he believes that he could improve on and and how to improve it. So I'm happy with John Filippo, but this statement is... You know, obviously ridiculous. The Bears do not have the best quarterback room in the entire NFL, and it's a ridiculous belief to have, but I'm happy that they have the confidence.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that, you know, hopefully they can kind of ride that wave of confidence into something great, but, you know, e- either way you cut it, you know, Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, they haven't really – both of them, when they're performing at their best, aren't even, like, the ultimate, like, game-changing quarterbacks. I think Nick Foles is, is very steady and good. And he shows up in times where he's needed most, and I think that's really his kind of claim to fame. Um, but you know, Mitchell Trubisky, when he's had his bright spots, it's really the ability to use both his arms and the arms or his arm and his legs to you know really kind of put defenses on edge and kind of keep them guessing in a way. But uh, neither of them are really, you know, even with all this confidence, are really going to end up being. All that much better than we know about them already you know obviously Mm -hmm. trubisky has the most room for growth but you know the book's out on nick Foles.
0: yeah 100 so one final uh bears media you know take that we've seen recently is kyle long saying that he would wait for the bears to change coaching staffs before he would ever consider returning to the team uh, this obviously came out on Twitter when someone told Kyle Long to rejoin the Bears and he was like, listen, don't want to go back with the same coaching staff. Do you think this is more of an indictment on the Bears coaching staff or do you think that he really was just he's a little salty maybe about uh, the fact that he got kind of fired from them?
1: Yeah, it, it, in a way, it seems kind of petty. Um, he did kind of own up, though. He did say, that, yeah, I wasn't you know, I didn't quit. I was fired, you know. Um so mm-hmm. I, I think there could be a little bit of saltiness in play there, and, but he has all the right to be salty and, and to not want to come back. You know, if there's – why would you want to go back into an environment where you're not really welcomed, you know? Yeah. So I do understand that side of it from him. I think it's pretty clear. I think that, you know, Kyle Long didn't really have the best stretch of his career. He kind of battled injuries for a lot of time and Nagy's been here. Um, unfortunately, you know, Kyle Long really shined a lot when the Bears were probably at their worst, which is a really interesting way of looking at. it. But he has a bright spot on, on some very, very bad teams. You know, I, I think that you know having Kyle Long return is an interesting prospect, um, and, and maybe you know he's spelling on. You know, obviously there was some friction there. You know, maybe he's kind of leading on to a little bit that you know maybe there's some more issues between Nagy and the players than is led on. You know, into the media. Uh, You know, we kind of talk about where it seems like the Bears are pretty well media trained. Seems like they keep a lot of things in-house. You know, we witnessed a lot worse, you know, jobs with the media when (laughs) things are being leaked about, you know, Mark Trussman and all that. You know, we haven't heard anything quite along those lines. Coaches crying in
0: the locker room.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, know, the real highlights of the Chicago Bears, you know. (laughs) Those were the days back then. But, uh, you know, I, I think they'll be... It'll be interesting to see if there's more that comes out of it, you know, as maybe some more players from this era leave, you know, kind of retrospectively. We're probably going to get a lot better of a glance into what, you know, life under Matt Nagy has actually been like. You know, I, even what Kyle Long has told us hasn't really given us any great picture as to, you know, why they had such problems, but clearly there was, there was something going wrong there.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, I think that's really all you can say about it is that it's something that. You don't like to hear as a Bears fan, but once he kind of explained himself, you understand it. Um, if you got fired from somewhere, would you really want to return and work for the same person? Probably not. It's it's kind of against our human nature to want to like, you know, be ever committed to a company that's kind of treating you crappy. Um, they obviously also had Kyle Long take a little bit of a pay cut the year prior, um, so maybe a little bit there as well. Um, but regardless, why why would we really want Kyle Long to return to the Bears? He had a pretty poor season uh, last year, obviously getting injured. He, but even before injury, uh, wasn't playing the best. And uh, in 20, 2018 as well, he didn't have a huge season by any means either. Obviously getting injured as in that season as well. So I think it was time to move on. I think that was the right decision. Um, and I hear that he's been cutting down some weight, so uh, I don't even know if, uh, logistically speaking, that would make sense. He says he's still considering um, playing, w- uh, still playing football, but it's more likely that he's going to be watching football next year and not actually playing it. So um, I think that's about all you can say about this. Um, obviously a lot of good bears and media chatter for the first little bit of the of the uh off season um and i'm excited to have more topics to talk about coming into the future but for now uh, we're going to move on to our interview with we're going to move on to the segment with chris morpy of the bear down podcast um so we're going to go ahead and roll that and enjoy the rest of the show we'll be coming back at you guys uh with another episode later this week so thank you guys and bear down Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities Podcast. This week, we're joined by Chris Maltby, uh, the host and creative mind behind the Bear Down Podcast. And before we get into the show, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about what you do uh, with Bear Down Media?
2: Yeah, what's going on, guys? Thank you for having me, uh, first and foremost. So obviously, uh, host and founder, I guess you could say, of Bear Down. Also, uh, have an Instagram page. Uh, shy bears news that's getting close to 10,000 followers so i started this i'm about to be a sophomore in college i started this whole journey back when i was a junior in high school never really Uh-oh. thought it was going to grow to anything big you know uh when i started it i, I kind of just wanted a place to uh to put my opinion out there about the bears uh ended up growing gaining traction and i always knew throughout my life that i was good in front of a camera good in front of a microphone. So got some guys mm-hmm. together, started recording podcasts, and now it's been taken off and it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it, it, that's basically it. Uh, starting to to get rolling here now and, and starting to definitely put a lot more into it as we continue to go on.
0: Yeah, I've noticed about a couple of months ago that I started seeing you guys kind of keep growing and growing, growing pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, I started to see you guys start ranking higher on YouTube. Yeah. Um, And you guys have been doing a great job. I've seen your website. Website's really high quality and you guys just do a great job. You cover everything from uh, podcasts to highlight videos, articles. So any of our listeners, go ahead, check it out. Uh, What's your URL for your website?
2: Oh, man, Uh, it's just BeardDown.com. And then you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BeardDown as well. And of course, I am also joined by my co-host,
0: Reese. What do you do, Reese. (laughs) what do i do i just
1: talk man that's about it but um definitely after hearing that you started that in uh junior high school i wish that austin and i had that vision that early on because man it'd be hype if we were able if we are already that far along in this but you know soon soon we'll be a couple years deep into it so that'd be awesome
2: absolutely man it's all about the grind
0: yeah, so we are excited to have you, Chris, today with uh, on the show with us. Uh, a long-awaited show. Um, we're, ju- we're just really excited. So today we're going to be going over where the Bears rank in the NFC kind of predicting how the Bears rank up against NFC teams, taking a look at our competition and just how the Bears are doing themselves. So uh, I think we're going to do top seven teams and kind of giving our reasoning behind that one by one. So Chris, why don't you go ahead and start off with your very first team and then I'll follow up after
2: that. Awesome. We're going top to bottom. We start at the top of the NFC? Top to bottom. Perfect. All right, so at the top of the NFC, I mean, it's it's no real question here. I've got the New Orleans Saints. You know, a, a lot of people buying into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hype this offseason. But that being said, you really can't overlook the Saints offseason and all that they did. They added some great talent in guys like Malcolm Jenkins, Emmanuel Sanders. Nailed their first-round pick in my mind with Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan, someone who not only can play guard but also at center. They had a solid offseason all in all, and as long as they can get past the division around this year, they're going to be contending yet again. Uh, you got Drew Brees at the helm, Sean Payton, obviously an incredible coach, and they can do some inter- interesting stuff with Taysom Hill and uh, still have enough weapons there, and their defense is pretty solid, led by Marshawn Lattimore. So I've got them finishing 12-4. and four. Uh, That might be a little bit bold, but I've got the Saints at the top of the NFC. There
0: you go. And I can definitely respect that. I
2: think, you know, Sean
0: Payton, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, a lot of consistent, high quality pieces. Uh, They have a lot of reason for you to be able to constantly depend on them year by year. Um, And I definitely understand the concerns with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But for myself, I'm going Tampa Bay. And the reason (laughs) why that is, is solely because the ceiling is so high. And I, I believe in the Saints. I believe in the Saints every year. And I believe that they have the lowest floor. But if Tampa Bay hits and Tom Brady actually plays well, which, you know, that's a little bit debatable. We don't really know exactly how he's going to play in a heavy, deep passing uh, offense, especially with some of his regression. But I also don't think we know too much about uh, Drew Brees and Drew Brees' possible regression as well. You know, both two older mm-hmm. quarterbacks. Um, I think it's possible that <laughs> this team finishes 8-8, eight and eight, but I also think it's possible that this team finishes something like 14-2. and two. So, Reese, what do you got?
1: Yeah, man. I, I mean, I'm, all three of us going to have different ones here. I actually, I just took it steady. I went with the returning NFC champions. You know, I went with the 49ers. The way I'm looking mm. at it is they added Brendan Ayuk, so in my opinion they went and improved the position that I think they kind of had the biggest hole at. I mean, uh, Debo Samuels, I mean, he was pretty good, but he wasn't everything that they needed. I think Ayuk's going to give them a lot more ability to stretch the field and kind of work the ball downfield. Um, I think that defense is good. I mean, we were talking about beforehand, Austin, they lost Buckner, but there's no no doubt that Nick Bosa is uh, pretty damn good. Uh, but, you know, we'll see exactly how well they kind of translate into this next season. You know, sometimes teams that go to the Super Bowl and lose kind of tend to fall off, lose a little of that momentum. So I- I'm hoping that Kyle Shanahan can kind of keep that ship right. Um, it was tight, though, between uh, them and my number two, which is New Orleans. I'll get into them more later, but I think that that's a – It's a pretty tight, you know, it's kind of like splitting hairs right there, in my opinion.
0: I like Ayuk. I I like Ayuk. I think he's a good pick. Um, But I do not believe in the 49ers as much as you do, Reese. And I think that will show a little bit later in the show. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and give us your second team?
2: Yeah, so I may be going a little bit different than you guys just cuz I did a playoff picture so I had my top 4 teams from each division and then the mm-hmm. playoff te- the the rest of the wild card teams obviously we know with the new CBA that there's now 7 teams uh which is personally something that I like. But at second uh I've got another team out there from the NFC West and it is not the 49ers. I've got the Seattle Seahawks. Um mm. a really solid team that's going to come back and be solid yet again. They had a really good running back in Carlos Hyde to eclipse the 1000 yards there in 2019 um When Lamar Miller went down, they also bring back guys like Bruce Irvin, add some good depth with some solid free agency signings like Tedrick Thompson. They also add Greg Olson, who I know a lot of Bears fans wanted back in Chicago. There you go. Uh, That being said, (laughs) you know, the 49ers are right there toe-in-toe with them atop this division. But if I have to put it in the quarterback's hands, I'm rather going with Russell Wilson than I am with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I also really liked the Seahawks draft. Uh, They have a plug-and-play linebacker now with Jordan Brooks. And they also add Darnell Ta- uh, Darrell Taylor, someone who I scouted for a long time out of Tennessee. And he's going to be someone who's going to be possibly a rotational, black at could see him starting at edge rusher. Uh, you know, it's no much longer uh, the Legion of Boom there in Seattle. But that being said, Pete Carroll runs a ship down there and it's always going to be a competitive ship. So I think that the Seahawks will be back in the playoffs and I've got them atop their division this year.
0: Absolutely. And I think that the Seahawks are a really good team. I put them just below the Saints. My second one is the Saints. Uh, Again, everything that I reiterated uh, previously in the show, talking about the consistency you get out of that team. They're just a team you can constantly uh, count to be up there in the NFC. Um, And for that reason, I have the Saints.
1: Yeah, and uh, just to expand that a bit more, Saints, you know, I alluded to it a bit earlier. They're my number two. I really do like that Emmanuel Sanders move. It's always uh, whenever you put someone like Emmanuel Sanders at the quarterback then actually get him the ball like Drew Brees is going to be able to consistently. It's going to be amazing. Um, I can see that paying out really well. And Malcolm Jenkins returning really strength, uh, puts a little bit of strength in that secondary, which is already, already pretty strong. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking for them to do pretty big things this year.
0: So, number three we are moving on to. Who you got, Chris?
2: It's tough to say, but I've got the Green Bay Packers here. You know, uh, as long as Aaron Rodgers is at the helm, the Packers are always going to be competing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the, the the Packers will always be competing to win the division and make a run in the playoffs. You know, Aaron Rodgers, similar to Dwayne Wade, if we want to make an NBA comparison. I feel like he's gotten better when he's aged, uh, kind of like fine wine. You know, obviously, if you look at the Packers' off season, they needed to add a receiver uh, kind of to be a threat there. Uh, Someone that Rodgers can get the ball to. Obviously, they end up going with Jordan Love in the first round. We'll see how that one pans out here in a couple of years. uh, We'll see what ends up happening with Aaron Rodgers and stuff down the road. But that being said, it's not looking incredibly promising. Uh, And as long as the Packers are still good, Aaron Rodgers will be in town. You know, looking at their draft, A.J. Terrell is a solid pickup. He can line up out of the backfield and at wide receiver. Aaron Jones obviously still is also there. You know, he's not holding out like someone like a Dalvin Cook is right now. But that being said... Mm. Packers still have two solid receivers in Devontae Adams. And I think Alan Lazard is basically going to have a big year here in 2020. You know, uh, he's someone who's really stayed in the shadows throughout his career. It's his time. He's going to be the wide receiver too there. Also, Jake Kummerow, uh someone I have to mention as well for the Packers, a, a decent threat there uh, out of UW-Whitewater a receiver that not many people know about, but he's going to get a lot of snaps here in 2020. So the Packers receiving core looking down a little bit, but on the defensive side of the ball, they're looking decent. You know, uh, they added Christian Kirksey. Also, they bring in uh, Wagner there from the Lions. So I think the Packers regressed a little bit. I also think personally that they were one of the most overrated 13-3 teams I've ever seen last year. But that being said, they're still going to be competitive and I've got them finishing at number three.
0: You know, the Packers are a team that I could see either repeating a really big year or coming out and getting a really slow start. I think that they didn't answer a lot of questions this offseason, and I think the fact that they have a much uh, improved record is going to really show if this team is a major contender or if they were a faker last year. Um, that being said, I also have to say that I, can ju- I just hate that you compared someone from Chicago in D. Wade to aaron Rodgers, (laughs) one of my favorite basketball players but no it's all it's all good um absolutely right aaron Rodgers is absolutely a stud um he's been you know he's obviously first ballot hall of famer uh, and I, i cannot blame you for putting the packers three but for three you know, kind of following the same trend that you had, Chris, uh, I have the Seahawks, you know, it might be a little bit of a shocker that I have them over the 49ers. Um, Again, I do not believe in the 49ers in the same way that Reese does. I I think that they had a lot of uncharacteristic uh, years out of their players, which is a recipe for regression. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe in Russell Wilson. I believe that they should have beat the Packers. And I believe that they should have been in the Super Bowl last year. Um, And Pete Carroll, uh, Love him. So, go ahead, Reese.
1: Yeah, I had, well, I mean, I had to give a little bit of NIU love, you know, because uh, yeah, 49ers got Jimmy Ward on, uh, on yep. them, you know. He's a <laughs> former NIU player. So, you know, I always got to show a little bit of love, the Connie Galladay, too, on the lines, you know, just kind of rep where uh, some of these NIU players kind of pop off. But, uh, yeah, three, I had Seattle Seahawks. Um, honestly, I, one thing I want to say about the Seahawks is DK Metcalf. I'm really looking for, like, a. I know he had a quite good production, in his rookie year i think he almost got to a thousand yards but i think that you know this could really be a year where he kind of pops off i mean i think we're all kind of expecting mm-hmm. russell wilson to have a pretty big year even the media it really kind of seems like we're churning up a lot of good press about russell wilson a lot of big things you know are supposed to be happening so dk metcalf if that's the case should definitely be a big recipient of uh, a lot of that success and like you alluded to earlier uh, chris you know the lead, no longer the Legion of Boom, but this is still an offense that can, can get it done, you know, and defense is still capable, you know, Wagner is still there. yeah. So, I mean, there's a, you know, we'll see how it all works out. But I think the NFC West is going to be a very competitive,
0: you know, either way you split it. So it seems so far the two consistent teams that we have all had. Are Reese, did you have the Saints in your top three?
1: Yeah, yeah, they were my two.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it seems like we all have the Saints and the Seahawks. We can expect them to be some pretty big uh, NFL powerhouses this season uh, now we're going into the bottom seven uh the bottom the last four uh, of our top seven so chris go ahead
2: Let's do it. So, if it's going to be based on who wins the NFC East cuz that's the only division I haven't named off yet, it's going to be a team from there, but I'm just going to go with my straight record predictions cuz it seems like that's what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to go number 5 with the or number 4, excuse me, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, what more is there to say about the Buccaneers? They had what most likely is going to be the best off-season of any team in the NFL. And I have them finishing mm-hmm. just below the Saints for the division title. They obviously reunite Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Uh, OJ Howard is a player who seemed like he was demanding a trade there early on, but it seems like they brought him back. And uh, he was a little bit antsy, but they have a great tight end tandem with uh, Gronkowski, OJ Howard. And you really can't uh, forget a lot about Cameron Braid, someone who also has Cameron produced for, oh, well in the past. And then... If you look at their draft, I think they absolutely nailed their draft. They bring in Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. Uh, they Huge. got him at 13. I think it was an absolute steal. They also, in the second round, grab Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota. He's going to be an immediate starter and is really going to set some precedence there in the secondary. And they also had some great late-round picks. Uh, Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota is another interesting one who was a former Golden Gopher. And also out of Vanderbilt they brought in a running back. Uh, Keshawn Vaughn, I believe is what his name is. Uh, also a very mm-hmm. good pick there. Someone who I had down a little bit lower on my draft board for the Bears. Obviously, you know, the Bears didn't have any third or fourth round picks. But that being said, I think they nailed the draft and they nailed free agency. So I've got the Buccaneers at 11-5.
0: I think you bring up a really good point with the Buccaneers. They have a lot of pieces on defense that People are so enthralled with the offense that they forget that they have a lot of young, talented pieces on the defense. And obviously, Todd Bowles as their defensive coordinator down there, known for uh, doing really great things in Arizona um, when he was the coordinator under... uh, um, Shit, what's his name? What's his name? Bruce Arians? Bruce Arians, yes, thank you. I almost said Andy Reid, but damn. Um, But yeah, so for since I already had the Buccaneers, uh, I have the 49ers. I think that they, as I said before, are going to have a big regression. Lost Buckner. Again, uncharacteristic years out of players. Uh, probably going to lead to a regression, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And then uh, first and foremost, I'm not a big fan of Jimmy G. Like I really am not. I do yeah, not think he's a guy that can get it there. down. Uh, I think he's got a lot of questionable play. Um, and he is someone that I rank right next to Mitchell Trubisky in, in terms of uh, a quarterback.
1: Man, I think I think that's a little bit harsh, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll save that for another day, man. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I, at number four, I got the Packers. Um, you know, not not too much else that really needs to be said here. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is uh, going to ball out there. I've always loved the tandem between him and Devontae Adams.
0: Big tandem. You know,
1: the defense has kind of been a little bit up and down in recent years, but I do like the young pieces that they have in the secondary. I know that, you know, from your time uh, when you went to Iowa still, you were pretty familiar with uh, a lot of those members in that secondary Austin. Yeah. So I, I think that they have some uh, – you know, some good pieces to build around. I think that, you know, obviously they chose that they wanted to draft for the future when they picked up Jordan Love. But I still think we need to look at the present, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is still definitely going to come out and ball out in this coming season. The offense is going to be good. They really were able to sure up their uh, – actually have a good running game for the first time in a couple of years. So that, that shows a lot of promise. And they're really kind of pivoting their offense, but it's going to be sustainable, and they're going to be able to, to have some good success again this season.
0: I have a while before I go ahead and have the Packers on my list. Um, <laughs> I just I just do not believe that they can have the same exact season out of their two key pass rushers which is Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. Um I think that they had a real again, uncharacteristic years for the type of player they are. Um, and I just I don't trust that defense truthfully. So go ahead uh, number 5, Chris
2: Number five, uh, I've got the San Francisco 49ers here. You know, one thing that hasn't been brought up that is a little bit important about the 49ers is that Richie James Jr. and Debo Samuel both went down this week uh, within consecutive yeah. days with injuries. But that being said, you know, Kyle Shanahan's team still going to be incredibly competitive. Uh, I think they did nail their draft. Uh, You know, obviously, one thing that's been mentioned a lot is the loss of DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts, but they immediately bring in Javon Kinlaw at defensive tackle. He's going to be decent, and Brandon Ayuk is probably my favorite receiver from that uh, draft. I wanted him to land in Chicago a lot. Uh, They also brought in, in the fourth round, Juwan Jennings, someone who I liked from Tennessee. He can provide some insurance for Debo Samuel going down. Uh, You brought up a good point with Garoppolo. You know, uh, I wouldn't compare him to Trubisky. uh, I would probably compare him more to a guy like Jared Goff, where they're mostly on the good side, but when things get ugly, uh, they can get real ugly. So, uh, you know, I would like the Bears playing against these guys uh, if if it, if, it, if it came playoff time. You know, the Bears have seemed to rattle in the past quarterbacks that are pretty good but can be inconsistent. Guys like Kirk Cousins, uh, you know. I would probably group him in the same group there uh, with Garoppolo and Goff. But that Mm. being said, uh, I've got the 49ers at five. You know They're so creative on offense out there with uh, Kyle Shanahan, and I think they're going to be just fine, even though they did lose a couple key pieces and obviously have some players injured as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Jimmy G, as far as a player goes, is much more built like a Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff. In my opinion, though, he is worse than both of those players. I'm (laughs) not even a big Jared Goff fan. I, I, I think that he is... Uh, a, a very bad quarterback personally uh, I don't believe that he'll ever win a Super Bowl and I think that the Rams made a mistake signing him to that second contract um, Kirk Cousins uh, he, he's a hard character to kind of figure out right now um, but definitely more in the mold like that I just think he's got a lot of uh, the, the, the bad play of Mitchell Trubisky uh, as, far as, a, as far as a ranking or tier goes uh, but for my number five I finally have the Chicago Bears and it Ooh. may be it may be a big it may be it may <laughs> be a little bias. bit soon, it may, yeah. It may be some hometown bias, but I think that we have addressed a lot of our needs. I think we have a lot of big additions at tight end. Uh, I think that the OL, the offensive line, it's it's improving. Um, it has some some interesting pieces with the Fetty and and Spriggs, and and also as far as the coaching side. And I expect a lot of growth from young players. I believe that this team uh can play can win the NFC North. I believe that they can um I think that they should win the NFC North. Specifically, when you look at the schedule. I don't think that we have a difficult schedule whatsoever. I think it's bottom I believe it's bottom 5 in Vegas odds as far as difficulty. It's a third
2: place schedule. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a third place schedule. Um and honestly, if the Bears don't win at least nine or ten games, that is really indicting on this Bears coaching staff because yeah. the Bears have the talent. Um, the Bears, they you know, obviously we had Nick Foles, and we we should have some some improvement at the quarterback position. And we went eight and eight last year. And when you bring in pieces like Robert Quinn, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Graham, which I you know I'm not a huge fan of, but also adding to the tight end room and obviously Cole Komet and tons of other young players, I think that the Bears have the opportunity to really win the North and, and, and cement themselves as a top five team in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. My number five, I think, you know, we, you start, you touched on schedule there for the bears and, and it plays. It's a big criterion why I chose my fifth place team to be the Cowboys. I think it's because the NFC mm-hmm. East, in my opinion, is probably one of the weaker divisions the NFL. I mean, they basically get That's two freebies true. against the, uh, Washington, who is getting tougher? I mean, they add Chase Young, so that's going to be, you know, putting some pressure on on mm-hmm. Dak Prescott. But uh, you know, I think that you know it's finally time we put one of those NFC East teams on there. They added CD Lamb, yeah, um, so he's going to be stretching off the field, and I think it's going to add. You know, Amari Cooper is great, um, but you know, they didn't really quite have that dynamic last year, and I don't think we've really. I think maybe it's a little bit of a shortfall in Prescott's game to his ability to really you know, huck that deep ball. But uh, I think we'll see a little bit more dynamic of offense, of course, you know, bringing in Mike McCarthy, changing up the coaching scheme a little bit. I'm really interested to see kind of how that, you know, changes things in the offense. You know, of course, you know, his time with the Packers was, you know, he was able to pick up a Super Bowl and get that ring, But, you know, it kind of ended Rocky and the way that things ended between him and Rodgers, you know, as far as how they wanted to work the offense and all that. There's a bit of falling out there, so it'll be interesting to see how he fits in there. I think their defense is actually pretty strong, and of course, Demarcus Lawrence, um, you know, one of the better pass rushers in the league. Uh, They have a decent secondary. I'm curious to see. I know their nickel this year is going to be Jordan Lewis, who I'm familiar uh, watching you know, back in the Michigan days, and you know, I'm curious to see how he kind of sticks on there. I know that he can be very successful in that position, so I'm excited to see what they'll do. Uh, I know national media always really likes to blow up what the Cowboys' success is going to be. Always, there's always media flying around them, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it's fair to say that they'll probably be in the playoffs just based off the fact of how uh, how easy of a ride that division is going to give them.
0: Man. Uh- there's very few coaching situations last year that you could have said that Mike McCarthy would be an improvement over uh, going into this season. And I I actually do believe that uh, he is an improvement over Jason Garrett. Um, So I think the Cowboys are going to improve a little bit there, but I'm not as high on you as they are. So six.
2: I've got the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, They had a solid off season. Uh, you know, obviously they add C.D. Lamb. They bring in a familiar face to the Bears uh, with Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Bring back Dak Prescott, a quarterback. Uh, a quarterback I'm actually fine with, uh, personally. Uh, with the franchise tag, that may be a little bit much to ask, but seeing how much money he's asking for, uh, I, it's fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, they had two incredible cornerbacks who I'd rated very highly uh, in the NFL draft with Trayvon Diggs and Reggie Robinson, who uh, is teammates of Travis Gibson, obviously the Bears fifth round pick. He was selected in the fourth round. And I think they got two very good steals with their last two picks in Tyler Biotts, a center out of Wisconsin and Bradley and uh, an edge rusher from Utah, both had really high draft grades. You know, just in general this year with the coronavirus draft, um, think a lot of players slipped you know I think uh, you could argue that the Bears got two first round talents in the second round with Komet and Jalen Johnson but that's a discussion for another day that being said I think the Cowboys nailed their draft they got their guy back in Prescott Uh, I think they will finish atop the NFC East Uh, I've got the Eagles just below them but that being said Cowboys you know they got CeeDee Lamb and, and they're looking to be good under McCarthy so I got the Dallas Cowboys there at six So for six,
0: I finally have the Packers. Um, I think the Packers and the Bears are very similar teams uh, in different ways, whereas I think that the Packers, they might see a regression, but the Bears, um, I mean, with all the money we spent this offseason, we should see some sort of improvement Um, and then also obviously schedule differences. Um, I don't like that they didn't add another piece on offense. Uh, Obviously, Gutekun's coming from the past regime, kind of the same idea of like, you know, not really addressing issues in the off season uh, except for obviously his one uh, off season prior to this one where he uh, took in Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith Um, they're going to have a much harder schedule like a much much harder schedule Um, and I think that last year they benefited a lot from an easy schedule Uh, I could see the Packers finishing above the Bears and even finishing as high as three I remember one of you guys had them at three I could absolutely see that I'm just not super confident in the Packers repeating uh, this past season and I think that Aaron Rodgers we give him a lot of credit and he obviously deserves that but we also sometimes don't know uh his health going into a season and just how he will perform um so yeah Packers six
1: yeah I I think with the Packers I mean just before I move on with my pick I, I think that you know between them and the Bears it could be pretty close and you know I think that you could argue, you know, both ways. I just think the stability at the quarterback position is exactly why I'd put him over the Bears. You know, I, not to get in this huge debate about quarterbacks, but you know, that's a fair point. We don't really know exactly who's gonna be starting for the Bears. Uh, you know, I, I think the Bears definitely have the superior defense, but I think on the reverse, you have to say that you know, at least right now, that with just the stability and the excellence that Aaron Rodgers gives them, you have to say the mm-hmm. Packers have the, the superior offense, but. Getting into my six, I finally have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The reason why I have them a lot lower than than you two, I, I mean, of course, I like Tom Brady, big Tom Brady fan. I, I will acknowledge that his performance was was not nearly as great last year. I, I think that he can improve on that. I'm excited to see him back together with Gronk. I mean, I think, you know, Gronkowski probably one of the best tight ends to ever do it um I, i'm just not 100 percent sold on the defense i know they are young so to me it's just kind of a prove it kind of situation mm-hmm. um i know they have the pieces there i just need to see it all kind of coalesce but i do believe in bruce arians uh what he did with the cardinals was uh he really turned that team around from a pretty dark place and i'm pretty sure he can do the, the same thing with the buccaneers i'm not sure if it'll be this season but i could definitely see it happening in the future but I do think they have a really fair shot at the playoffs. The Panthers don't really look to be amazing. The Falcons have been on a pretty pretty long downward slope since that Super Bowl appearance. So they should be able to pick up some <laughs> uh some easy wins there.
0: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. All right, the final team that is going to be in the playoffs. Chris, who you got?
2: All right, let's do it. Uh, first off, just to name a couple of my bubble teams. I've got the Minnesota Vikings, the Philadelphia Eagles, the St. Louis Rams, and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I like what the Cardinals are doing, but that being said, I think they need a year to get under their belt before they can make the playoffs. I mean, how could I not put the Bears here at 7? I've got the Bears at 7, finishing 10-6. and six. Uh, You know, you look at everything that the Bears did this offseason. You talked about it earlier. They spent big time, and I think they're going to get big time playoff uh payoff excuse me uh looking at the defensive side of the ball obviously they bring in robert quinn who had 11 and a half sacks Last year with Dallas alongside Demarcus Lawrence, and it's not a, lot, a knock on Lawrence, but I would rather uh, work alongside Khalil Mack with him. Obviously, you got Akeem Hicks back healthy. They bring back Trevathan, who makes a lot of an, uh, a lot of sense. You know, he makes a big impact on that defense. I don't think it's really noticed, but he really is. The leader of the troops on that defensive side of the ball. You head over to the secondary. One thing that was big when Ha Ha left town, you need Eddie Jackson back at free safety. They bring in Sean Gibson, someone who had 51 tackles and three interceptions at the strong safety. Position there uh, with the Texans in 2019. So, Eddie will see a lot of snaps at free safety. You know, Gibson is also someone who can move back over to the uh, free safety position if Eddie goes down. I uh, hope that doesn't happen, obviously, but injuries are inevitable in this league. Uh, and then you look at the offense, you know, I, I agree with you. I wish they would have done a little bit more alongside the offensive line. That being said, I think if Eddie being back at guard, something about it just makes me a little bit hopeful. Obviously, we have Nick Foles in Chicago, so. We're either going to be seeing a an improved version of Mitchell Trubisky starting week one, or we're going to see Nick Foles and hopefully he can get it done as well. Anthony Miller, if he can stay healthy, is set to uh, have another big year. Uh, he was great in the last eight weeks of the 2019 season. I think he's going to be able to step up big time if he can stay healthy. Uh, And then, you know, obviously, tight end was another uh, place they need to address. They got a Y tight end, a classic Y tight end with Demetrius Harris. And they're going to be running some two tight end sets for sure with Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet. Obviously, Graham probably on the latter half of his career, but still will have some great stuff to teach to Komet. Uh, And I hope David Montgomery can break uh, 1,000 all-purpose yards again, hopefully 1,000 rushing yards. uh, And hopefully, you know, Tariq Cohen's got to figure it out as well. But I think the Bears did too much right this offseason uh, to trend downwards again. Uh, I agree with what you said. Earlier, uh, I think anything under nine wins is a disappointment. So I'm going to go with ten and six for the Bears, and I think they're going to sneak in here at the bottom.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, nine wins is a a really good statement because honestly, even this Bears team last year, if they had the schedule they had this year, I think that they would have gotten even more wins than eight and eight. Um, So uh, of course, when adding adding the pieces that we did and spending all the money, when it comes to, I mean, Robert Quinn and Keem Hicks and next to you know Khalil Mack. I mean that, that that's that's, can't a home, block that's a home them all. run. Yeah, you, exactly. you can't you can't that you can't block them all. Um, obviously, Jalen Johnson, uh, seen him play in person multiple times uh, out of Utah. Great, great corner. Um, really shocked that he fell as far as he did, especially looking into you know even in his junior or his uh, season last year. Can't remember if he came out as a junior or a senior this year. Um, he had a great season, uh, his that previous year as well. Bears looking to be a pretty good team, but obviously, I already have them higher. So, my 17 is to finally the Cowboys. You know, I'm not a Dak fan, um, but Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, how could you not put up somewhat good stats with those top three? Uh, obviously, you know, a declining offensive line than what they were known for a couple of years ago, but still a good team uh, defense is a little had a little bit of a regression last year but still decent um, and you know obviously they had some some good ads like Trayvon Diggs I'm, I'm, I don't know how sold I am on him he seems to be a little bit more traits than actually a solid corner and not not the type of corner that I would particularly like to draft but obviously someone who has a lot of upside and then obviously losing Byron Jones at safety so uh, Cowboys at seven
1: i'm uh, i'm right with my guy chris with seven i could put in the bears uh pretty sure we had exactly the same bubble teams too with vikings rams cardinals uh not sure what order but you know basically following the same trend i think they'll be interested how that all plays out come the end of the season but you know with the bears uh you know, really looking. I think Roquan Smith is someone that I've highlighted. You know, in previous podcasts, I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. I'm looking for a big step up. A lot of that being because Danny Trevathan is so solid, style or solid and steady all the time. And uh, adding to Sean Gibson right in the secondary, I think is a lot better fit for that sec or for that safety pairing. Yeah, uh, liked Ha Ha Clinton Dix, but you know Austin and I have talked a lot about how Eddie and Jacks, Eddie Jackson and him, were almost a little too much of the same. Almost had a little bit too similar play style. So we'll see how it all works out. Expecting big things from Anthony Miller too. I think with uh, Allen Robinson's contract situation, expect to see Anthony Miller kind of ball out. Maybe try to play himself a little bit into that feature wide receiver role. Uh, I'm excited for what the Bears can do. I think I is some question marks as, even at the most important position of quarterback, but there's a lot of improvements that they made. Um, I'm excited to see what Jimmy Graham can do, you know, at, you know, at his age and with how injury-prone he's been. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of a shot in the dark. Um, but the Bears did add a lot of depth this offseason. I think it's going to be very crucial, you know, I think in the sports that we've seen start back up, you know, in our p- current pandemic. A lot of players have been rusty. There's already been a lot of injuries, so you know it's probably gonna be very important that the bears you know feature a lot of that depth and they have a lot of athleticism so hopefully that uh is able to carry them into this playoff spot
0: so for uh our top all of our top sevens we all had the exact same team so i think it's pretty (laughs) safe to say that these teams are going to be pretty good teams you know maybe we do have a little bit of hometown bias with the bears um but you you know i think that it's you know, obviously, actually, you know, what? no, a lot of people hate the Bears. They think they had an awful offseason. So I can't even say that. But, you know, obviously, uh, if you pay attention to the Bears, they, they added a lot of talent to this offseason. So I don't see how they don't improve. Um, but before we go ahead and end this segment, one little, you know, asterisk I want to put on the show is that. You know, all of this is really kind of arbitrary because of COVID-19. We don't really know which teams are going to be affected the most by um, something that could, you know, take out entire position groups in a matter of a week. Um, so it's going to be probably a lot more random than this, but in the perfect world where no teams are getting injured, that's kind of what we're doing. Um, Chris, we thank you so much for being on the show. And but before you go, uh, we have we you know when we bring someone on the show, we like to ask them one thing before we go. Give us one hot take about the Bears this season. Right off the bat, oh, I know we did. We, we we never we never give anybody notice on this one. So come up with it quickly. Um, I don't
2: I don't know if it's essentially a hot take, but I would probably say that um that Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack both finished with uh 14 plus sacks. Uh, you know, Akeem okay. Hicks is known more as a run stuffer. But that being said, uh, Quinn's gonna have all the opportunities in the world that Leonard Floyd had. Leonard Floyd only had three sacks there in 2019. Uh, if Robert Quinn can get in a three point stance and basically break down a defender, uh, a defender, I mean, an offensive lineman, uh, I think he's going to be incredible. And then you have to take attention off of Hicks or take attention off of Mac, And I think it's just going to create a ton of opportunities for whoever else is back there.
0: Love it, love it. So, thank you so much. Obviously, if you guys enjoyed the show, enjoyed Chris being on the show, uh, go ahead check them out. Uh, Bairdown Is it Bairdown Media.com?
2: Bairdown.com. They
0: got down Podcasts. They make YouTube. You guys do everything. So, check them appreciate out. It. Uh, subscribe to them on YouTube. Thanks so much for being on the show, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks, fellas.
0: Thank Have a good one.